0: someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us but jesus said to him do not stop him for the one who is not against you is for you may the lord add a blessing to his reading good morning advent hope and sabbath peace to you um the title for the message this morning is called Clear the Path. Clear the Path. And I want to thank Advent Hope, the Advent Hope family and, and staff um, for giving me a space uh, to worship and to serve um, in this capacity of sharing with you. And I'm looking forward to the future. Clear the path. Uh, if you don't mind, one more time, Let's a word of prayer for myself. Father God, we thank you for this space and this time. We ask for your presence to be among us virtually. It's possible. And uh, Lord, we ask that what is spoken here today um, would be uplifting, would be inspiring, would be um, the truth as it is in Jesus. Father, we ask you for these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you pick up an autobiography from an African-American woman in the 19th century, this is what you most likely will find. You will find black women seeking to verify their intellect, verify their talents and capabilities, verify their humanity to white audiences. With slavery still fresh, In the 19th century, African-American female writers were seeking to somehow remove the preconceived notions about the inferiority of blacks. And a quote from this book, it's called Prophesying Daughters, the Black Women Preachers and the World, the 19th century. From the book, it says, many black women autobiographers in the 19th century set about writing their life stories that would somehow prove that they qualified as the moral, spiritual, or intellectual peers of whites. Shanta Haywood. But it came, but when it came to black women preachers in the 19th century, they realized they had three significant strikes against them. One, they were black. Two, they were women, and three, they were preachers. And that was in the 19th century, yet we are still fighting some of the same battles today in various strains as such. Yet for these women, they used their conversion story and converts from their labor, of course, through God, as a means to validate their calling in ministry. And despite much evidence, um, not all were convinced, both men and women. And their path in ministry was full of human obstructions. Today, as the people of God in our zeal to help fulfill God's mission of bringing the gospel to the world, I'm simply here to say this morning or this afternoon, clear the path, clear the path. I want to offer up two important principles when it comes to ministry in general and more specifically women in ministry. If you could turn with me or click um, to uh, Luke chapter 9 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 9, where we got our focus text for today. Luke chapter 9. And as you're clicking and turning just to give you a little bit of context, the immediate context of chapter nine, it's very ministry focused. There's a lot of action happening. And Jesus sends the 12 disciples out to cast out demons and do the work of ministry. And then we see Jesus then feeding the 5,000. And it continues with this, uh, the the well-known scripture where Jesus talks about discipleship and to take up your cross and follow me. It comes down and it uh, tells of Jesus healing this boy uh, from a demonic spirit. All of this is going on in chapter 9. And it comes down to the portion where there is this ongoing discussion of the disciples of who is the greatest. Who is the greatest? And we pick up in verse 46 of Luke chapter 9. It says this, an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you, among you all, is the one who is great. But then, Well, before I say that, for three and a half years, the disciple had this ongoing discussion. The whole time of Christ's ministry, they were debating who was the greatest disciple, who was the smartest, who was the one closest to Jesus, who was the one the best at the ministry. This debate went on for three and a half years. And for three and a half years, Jesus was trying to help them see that this was not the point. Ministry was not an elite, exclusive club of power. It wasn't a a club of reputation and, and greatness. Ministry was an ongoing, continuous sacrifice of service. But the discussion continues. And in verse 49, it says, John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. That's the first principle. The one who is not against you is for you. There are only two teams in the spiritual world, if we can talk about it as teams, for God or against him. And every disciple has to decide on which team he or she will play. And whether we know it or not, everyone is a disciple of someone for good or for evil. And the disciples in verse 49, they saw other people doing ministry. And that's a good thing. They were casting out demons, a whole nother level in the name of Jesus, and they tried to stop him, this person, because he wasn't part of the 12 disciples. So you're telling me they became human obstacles for someone to be delivered through the power of Jesus because they weren't part of the exclusive 12 They weren't part of the exclusive 12 male disciples that Jesus had called. They tried to control the power of God and restrict it only to 12 men and Jesus. The disciples were completely missing the point of ministry. They thought it was about them. They thought that only they could hold that power because they were chosen. But let me say something about demons for a second. The little that I know, what what is revealed from scripture. Whether you're a man or a woman, if you're not armored up with the blood of Jesus, you're not casting out any demons. (laughs) It's not possible. The demon will not obey you because you're an ordained male pastor of some denomination church, a denominational church, whatever it may be. The only way a demon will flee is if you call on the name of Jesus Christ, the lamb slain on the cross. The disciples were focused on the wrong thing. They were so busy worrying about who was doing the work of God when they should have been focused on what they were doing and the source of power from which they were doing it. In that day, in that time, in Jesus's time, many people had not seen demons being cast out until Jesus became doing that. And that is extraordinary. And today, many are still focused on what a woman can and cannot do in ministry instead of looking at what she is doing and where the source of power is coming from. Is she for God? Is she against God? Is she on your team or not? Because if she is on your team, clear the path. Clear the path. You know, Satan has no problem using a man or a woman for his wicked bidding. Yet the people of God put restrictions and obstacles in the way of women enlisting in God's army, playing on God's team. And so whether people recognize it or not, The heart of this mentality is really the desire for power. It's a mentality of elitism elitism and control. And this is the complete opposite of the kingdom and the mission of God. Don't let culture confuse you. God is not confined to human boxes and constraints. He's too big. Clear the path john said in verse 49 because he doesn't follow with us we tried to stop him i believe that as the time of the end draws closer and closer more ministers more servants of god will break the mold of what a typical minister looks like not every minister is going to be an old white male dressed in a suit and tie From every walk of life, God has his people, men and women devoted and consecrated to the mission of God. If the whole world needs to hear the gospel, it's not going to be done in the two to three hours we spend at church on Sabbath, it's impossible. It's not going to be done by a select group of ministers in one denomination. It's not going to be done by one event, by one person, by the old, or just by the young, or by the men, or by the women. It's going to be done by a team of saints, by the people of God who hear the call and respond. We must clear the path. Let these people through, that the glory of God can light up the earth. And I love how Jesus responds. He says, Don't stop him. Don't stop him. In fact, get out of the way. He said, clear the path. The one who is not against you is for you. You are on the same team. No kingdom divided against itself shall stand. In 1819, there's a lady named Jerina Lee. She was the first African-American woman who was authorized to preach in the African uh, Methodist Episcopal Church. And she was also the first uh, black woman, uh, African-American woman to have an autobiography published in the United States. Um, She was an itinerant uh, itinerant preacher, which is a traveling minister, and she faced all kinds of opposition uh, from her travels, right, because of her race and because of her gender. And in a year's time, she was able to preach, and I I believe she probably could have preached more had she not been uh, restricted. She preached 178 sermons. This is just in about a year or so. And she traveled 2,325 miles. Now, to give you perspective on that, there are only 52 Sundays in a year. So she's preaching 178 sermons. Okay. And then this is the 1800s. So she's not driving a car. She's definitely probably going on foot or horseback or carriage, something of the sort. And she was part of the second great awakening, which is the religious revival movement and honestly around the world. And this is her story. She said that she heard voices. She heard the voice of God telling her to go preach. And so she heard it on multiple occasions. So finally she goes to the pastor and she tells him about what's happening. I keep hearing this voice that's telling me to go and preach and the pastor refuses her because he says women preaching this, we don't have a space for that here in the Methodist church. So eight years later during a Sunday service uh, at her worship space, for some reason, the preacher uh, didn't have something to say or he wasn't able to go up. So Lee stepped up, she steps up and she begins to preach and the spirit was so heavy. It was quiet. And they were so intrigued what she had to say. So after that time, the pastor said, okay, you can preach. (laughs) And he gave her the space of the pulpit. So from that point forward, she began as a traveling minister from town to town, country to country. You may have also heard about this African-American woman. Her name was Isabella Bomfrey. We know her as Sojourner Truth. But she didn't take that name until 1843 when she believed that she was called to speak on behalf of God. She was actually born into slavery in New York. And some of her friends asked her, you know, what are you doing? What are you? What do you, women don't preach. And she says, the spirit calls me and I must go. And there are many, many more black women, white women answering their calls to serve in this ministry capacity. And not just black and white women from all over the globe rising up to answer the call of God. But there's another principle I want us to look at, the second principle. In Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, and as you're flipping or clicking there, what's happening is that Peter and the apostles, the, the Holy Spirit has fallen, and they are doing miraculous signs and wonders and going around preaching about Jesus Christ. And the Jewish leaders are getting angry because they're getting a following. I mean, Peter is walking past people and his shadow is healing people. (laughs) I mean, there are signs and miracles all over the place and they seek to stop them. They were so mad. They captured them, they beat them, they imprisoned them. And finally they decided we want to kill them. But there was a man of the Pharisees that stood up and spoke wisdom and this is a general principle we need to take with us when we are talking about ministry. Acts chapter 5, look at verse 33. When they heard this, speaking of the group of the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, they were enraged and wanted to kill them, the apostles and Peter. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. He wanted to chat. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, uh, Theodas rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed, followed him were scattered. So, in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Here is the second principle. What is of God will prosper. What is not will fail. If God has sanctioned it, if the work by a particular vessel has been stamped by the Holy Spirit, you will never defeat them. In fact, by fighting them, you'll be fighting against God. So how do we respond to that? Clear the path, clear the path. God will protect his own mission. You cannot ruin God's plans, (laughs) but you can fight against them, which is pointless. What is our job as the people of God, as disciples? Well, Revelation says says that the saints at the end of time, they follow the lamb wherever he goes. They follow God. Whatever doors he opens, they walk through. Wherever he leads, they follow. So wherever you see the spirit of God working, whether his presence is in an individual or in a place, do yourself a favor and link your services to them. Wherever you see the Spirit of God moving, stay in that place. Clear the path for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Make sure there are no obstacles to interfere. Make sure you yourself are not an obstacle for the moving of the Holy Spirit. And most of us, I, I dare say all of us, don't fully understand the mission of God. Therefore, anyone can become an obstacle to the moving of the spirit of God. What is of God will prosper. What is not will fail. Clear the path. There was a movie that came out September 29, in the year 2000. It was called, Remember the Titans. And it was a great film. It was a film about the integration of an all-black football team and an all-white football team in the 70s. And the head coach uh, appointed was a black man and he had a white assistant coach. And the integration was messy and nasty and it was threatening to rip the team apart. In fact, many people had left. The racism was so blatant. But when they finally began to make some progress in their relationships on the team and their team was playing great and having success, one of the later scenes comes up, which is tragic, but ends, uh, ends, ends well. The head uh, black running back in this particular game, he kept getting sacked by the opposite team. Every time he would get the ball, His blocker would be out of sight, and he would get hit hard by the opposing uh, white team. And he got hit so many times, he was wounded, and he had to sit out of the game. One of the white blockers on the black running backs team, he wasn't doing his job. He was not blocking the other team from tackling his black teammate. He was purposely preventing his teammate from moving forward, but in the process, he also was causing his own team to lose yards, putting the team at risk of a loss. So instead of creating space for his teammate to run, he was making it more difficult for his teammate to push through the opposing team's defense to all the disciples of Jesus Christ, this is what I can say. Clear the path. Make room for your teammate. The success is not theirs. The success is not yours. It is God's. And by supporting your fellow brothers and sisters in the ministry of God, you're just creating more space for God to work. More avenues that he can use to reach the world with the gospel, clear the path. We looked at two principles today. We looked at he who is not against me is for me. And what is of God will prosper and what is not of God will fail. Clear the path. So whose team are you on? Are you on God's team? Will you allow him to be in control? If you will, then clear the path. I pray that's our experience today and moving forward. Amen.